Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Girl Means Business podcast. We have another amazing episode lined up for you this week. And let me just tell you this one, you're going to want to take notes in because our guest this week, Jen Hughes, is dropping value bombs left and right. There is so much great content that she's sharing in our conversation today. Before I get to Jen's background and a little bit about her, I want to tell you about something really exciting coming up in a couple of weeks. I am going to be part of the Grow and Profit Online virtual event completely free along with 26 other experts, handing you action plans and to-do takeaways that you can actually use to move your business forward. It happens April 19th through the 21st. It's called Grow and Profit Online, and you are going to have access to trainings from people who are teaching about leveraging and launching strategies, digital strategies to monetize your social media accounts, copywriting experts who are going to be giving you step-by-step formulas to actually create content and copy that sales, a speaking strategist, a publishing expert, a marketing strategist, myself teaching about email marketing, It's going to be amazing, and I personally know several of the speakers in this summit, and they are incredible. So again, it happens April 19th through 21st. It's called Grow and Profit Online. It is a completely free event. I will be linking to it down in the show notes, so make sure you head to that link and get signed up, and then you will have access to all of the content during that event. All right, so let's get to today's episode and my conversation with Jen Hughes, We are talking all about setting up systems that help you to scale your business. Now, this is something that is sort of a behind-the-scenes part of your business that isn't necessarily shiny or fun or exciting, but man, does it have some impact on your business. And Jen is going to be sharing all of her tips for helping us get these systems into place. So Jen has a background in operations management, which allows her to bring a unique combination of strategy and implementation to her work of serving female business owners. She uses her superpower of creating dialed-in processes and workflows to wrangle back-end business chaos and create a solid foundation for sustainable business growth. It's so important. If the back-end of your business is a mess, the front-end of your business, the part that all of your clients and customers see, will eventually suffer because of it. So Jen is giving us tons of great advice today, so make sure you're ready to take notes or come back to this episode and re-listen so you can soak it all in. All right, guys, let's get to my conversation with Jen Hughes. All right, guys, I'm here with Jen Hughes, and we're going to be talking today about systems and five business systems that we can put in place in our businesses today. So welcome, Jen. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thanks for having, or thanks for being here. Um, Okay, so let's jump into who you are. So tell us a little bit about you, a little bit of your story, what you do, and how you help women in business. Sure. So I am a small business operations and systems expert. So I, um, my background is in operations management and in working with businesses in the back end. I've seen a huge need for systems and processes in my clients' businesses. 
in order to allow them to scale in a really sustainable way. So kind of backing up to how I got to where I am, before I discovered the world of online business, I was working in corporate event planning, kind of took the typical track college, then went into corporate. Um, I knew I was meant to be an entrepreneur. I remember first hearing the word entrepreneur and thinking that was such a weird word when I was about eight. I had a little store in my pink carpeted bedroom where I would sell my handmade bookmarks and Hershey's Kisses. Um, And my mom told me I was an entrepreneur. So from then on, I always had that dream in my heart. And even during my corporate days, I always had a side hustle. So I did anywhere from home staging to real estate. I did MLM. And I dreamed up and started, I think, about five Etsy shops. So through all of that, nothing ever felt like it was quite the right fit. Um, And then one day while running my most recent Etsy shop, I had an aha aha moment. I was sitting down at my computer and I was like, gosh, I don't want to go sew these burp cloths. I want to just sit here at my computer and run my business. And it was kind of like a light bulb. And at that point, I didn't know that that was an actual career Um, but the idea was born. So I just kind of like began Googling my fingers off and eventually I found the online business world and little by little, I made my way into the operations space. So I realized my love for all things, systems and processes through that experience and working in a lot of backend businesses with my clients. Um, and I've just been leaning into that ever since. So Today, I work with my clients to create streamlined systems in their businesses to allow them to scale sustainably. So that's going to be in a nutshell. Yeah. Nice. I love your Etsy shop thing. I think we, (laughs) anybody who has started a business probably understands that like, you know, the random one-off kind of uh, side hustle that you start that kind of gets that little entrepreneurial bug going. Um, For me, it was when I was teaching full-time, I had a friend that started selling Arbonne products. And, um, this was, I mean, 15, 17 years ago, somewhere in that, you know, time frame. And I was like, Oh, I could do that. Like I love skincare. I had worked for Clinique when I was in college. I've always been in big into like skincare. And I was like, this could be my way to like have all this extra money. And you see all these people like, you know, that are quitting their jobs and driving nice cars, all this kind of stuff. And then you quickly get in, you realize like, I'm like, Oh wait, no. Like, I think they had us come to their house one time, like my upline person. And she was like, okay, we're all going to bring our address books and our list of phone numbers. And we're going to spend an hour just calling people and trying to get orders. And whoever gets the most orders wins a prize. And I remember sitting there and I was like, I made an excuse to not go. So like, that's not miserable. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, right. But that's where like my kind of like the little bug, I got bitten by the bug of like, I want something that is not what I'm doing, but that, you know, with teaching, but that can be creative and fun. That's just, that's mine. Um, so I, I think it's interesting to hear people's stories about like their little moment. And then you said about selling like the little bookmarks. I remember being in elementary school and friendship bracelets were the big thing for us. Like mm-hmm. I would make friendship bracelets and sell them for like a dollar to my friends. You know, I think I made like 10 bucks and that was it. I went to a very small private school where there was like 10 people in the entire grade. So I wasn't going to get very far without that one, but <laughs> yeah, it definitely starts. Um, it can start at any point. Okay. So let's talk about the idea of systems and processes, because for a lot of people, especially creative people who are starting a business that feels very, not even scary, but just 
a little off-putting because it's not the fun part of business necessarily. It's not like the face-to-face with clients. It's not the creative part of it, but it's definitely something that has to be or needs to be in place in order for your business to be Mm -hmm. successful. So first of all, let's start by kind of defining like what exactly are systems and processes? Yes. So first, when I refer to systems, I'm not speaking to like the specific apps or tools you're using in your business. I think there's a little confusion with those kind of similar terms. Um, So in the context that I'm speaking about systems, they are simply things that work together to reach an end result in the most efficient way possible. So you might also refer to systems as processes or workflows. Those are all kind of the same like synonyms for what I'm speaking about. So the nitty gritty back end details of your business can absolutely seem overwhelming and intimidating, um, especially juggling, juggling every day and your client work along with creating those systems and adding that to your mile long list. So, um, but the ROI for creating systems in a business doesn't necessarily come right away. Like, so for instance, if you're going to be investing in a course or a training, you're anticipating getting an ROI on that pretty quickly, but with introducing systems, it's more in terms of time savings. So, um, if you think of it in terms of like, so if, if you have a 15 minute process that you complete every day, um, a repetitive task that's all in your head, if you created a system around the task and then either automated or delegated that, if you do the math, you're saving yourself five hours per month. And that's just a 15 minute daily task. So that's kind of when I'm talking about systems, that's what I'm referring to. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee, no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yeah, and I think that's kind of one of the big misconceptions when people start a business. I know, like when I got into my photography business, you don't realize, you know, for example, when you work with a client, you say, okay, this client's paying me just for round numbers, we'll say a hundred dollars. So they're paying me a hundred dollars to take their photos. Well, that in theory sounds like, okay, great. Well, if I do five sessions a weekend, that's $500. Well, you're forgetting that you, there's all this back in time. You're not, when you really break it down and you realize like, oh, I'm only getting paid like $2 per hour for my time. When you take into account all of the emailing and scheduling and editing and uploading and 
you know, all the other things that go into the before, during, and after of the actual work you're doing, that it, it's not worth it. So I think that, you know, I wrote down like the time saving, the time ROI, like that's huge. And a lot of people don't think of that as an ROI because they think they're looking for like a financial return on their investment. But the time aspect, I mean, just before we started record, we were talking about the fact that, you know, we, I interviewed the lady about the three-day work week. Like if you can get your work week down to three days a week, like that's a huge return on your investment for, you know, time saving. And so these systems and things are something that we don't initially think of as part of our, you know, business and that what gets things moving forward, but it's a really huge part of it in order to, like you said, scale your business because you can't, yeah, if you're spending all your time doing these back-end things, you're never going to move forward. You're going to be stuck in one place. Absolutely. And even in terms of your mental energy. So if you have something in your business, if it's something that is going to be completed more than once, it can be turned into a system and then either automated or delegated. So if everything that you do on the back end of your business is living in your mind or on sticky notes around your desk, then that's taking up mental energy. So when you are completing a repeatable process and kind of recreating the wheel each time you do that, you're having to go back and start from square one every time. And that's a lot of mental energy that you could put in place somewhere else in growing your business and um, doing what you love or even just taking a little extra time off. So that's, it's huge in terms of mental or mental space and time savings. Yeah. Okay. So I know you have five systems and I want to talk about those, but before we do that, I I have a question I want to ask. I think that this is a question you may have heard this working with your clients, but I feel like it's Mm -hmm. a common sort of, um, objection maybe, or concern people have when they, when you hear systems and automation and things like that is does putting these systems in place, take the personal touch out of it? Because I think that's a fear. A lot of people have is that, well, if I start automating things, then it's going to give my clients the sense of it's not really a personal one-on-one connection anymore. So what do you say to that? I think you kind of have to look at Um, where you want to make sure that there is a personable touch. So for instance, like my client onboarding um, process is automated through a workflow in Dubsado. However, there are pieces that I like to go in and add my own stamp to. So first of all, I customize my canned emails so that they sound like me. I don't keep the canned emails that come in Dubsado. I give them my voice and my personality. So right off the bat there, It sounds like me. It doesn't sound like a robot. And then also, if there are specific pieces where you like to really personalize that to your client, I like to not necessarily add the automation in where like an email is going to go out automatically, but I schedule an automated to-do to come to me so that I remember to go in and make that update. So there are places where you can do partial automation and then partial, a more personal touch. So you kind of have to Think about where are those key places in your workflows and then build in that personal touch and then let the rest be either automated or delegated. Yeah. So I do the same thing because I use use HoneyBook. It's very similar Mm -hmm. to Dubsado. Mm -hmm. And I, those those templates are gold in my opinion, because I will be, I was at my daughter's basketball game the other night and I got an inquiry from a client. I opened it up. I saw that they were inquiring. They had specific questions they wanted answered in their inquiry. 
So when I sent them, I mean, it took me less than a, you know, a minute, maybe two. I opened up HoneyBook. I hit, you know, send template. I pulled up my welcome template. I, it automatically populates their name. And then I could go in and I could fill in the answers to their questions within that email so mm-hmm. that they know I saw their questions. And it's, it, it still takes the time piece out of it, but it feels customized and personal because I am adding those a little personally. Like if someone comes to me and says, you know, I'm interested in, in working with you, but I'm curious about X, Y, or Z, instead of me just sending that automated email, mm-hmm. I can go and add one little sentence where it says, yes, we can absolutely talk about X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, let me know what specific questions you have. And then the rest of it's already done for me. So I definitely think that you can, like you said, like, or scheduling it to be that task instead of that, like just goes out. Because I think that's what people think when they hear automated is they think, oh, it just goes out and I have no control over it. And Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily the case. You can control how it goes out, what it looks like and whether or not you're sending it or your system is sending it. Absolutely. And um, I mean, as far as client facing activities, I definitely like to go through those and make sure that I'm providing that kind of high touch feeling. And then I, a lot of times I use automation in my back end processes so that it's not necessarily something that um, an end user or a client is going to even have contact with, but it helps my back end processes in my business to run it more smoothly to add in those automation pieces. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at your the five business systems that you work within. Can you share what, you know, let's just kind of go through the five and then we'll just talk about each one. Yep, absolutely. So you in order to scale your business in a sustainable way, you need people and you need systems. Um, so that would just be, it would create a um, an infrastructure in your business where the business owner isn't completely it's not reliant on the business owner for everything to take place. So if you would really want to scale in a sustainable way, you need to create that. Um, what am I trying to say? Sorry, this is a moment that we probably need to edit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a little tongue tied. Um, so in order to scale your business in a sustainable way, you need people and systems. So that is just creating the infrastructure so that the business owner isn't needed to complete every task and being the kind of the linchpin to moving projects forward. So there are five business systems that I recommend for service-based businesses to have in place in order to run their businesses with more ease and ultimately scale their operations. So I'll go through the five. Um, So the first one is admin systems. The second is sales systems. And then we have team systems and then client experience. And finally, project management systems. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers. Are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, 
a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. All right. So I know for me, like the client experience one is, was one of the first ones I put in place. Um, the, the other, the first, the three you mentioned were the admin sales, the team, let's kind of start with those because I feel like the client experience system is like, there's all these like HoneyBook, Dubsado, Trutley, all these systems are these programs that kind of help you with that. But what mm-hmm. are the other ones that we, that you were, and we'll get to project management too, but let's talk about those first three. Cause I think those are the ones that are le- less commonly known. Yeah. So the admin systems, and this is kind of a little overlap with client experience. Um, but as far as like client experience, I equate that to when your client says, I want to work with you. And then the onboarding process begins. So prior to that, um, in the ad, under the admin systems umbrella, I mean, there's ton, a ton of different um, details within that. But the main ones that I'm going to focus on today are contact and leads management. So how is your prospect getting in touch with you? Is there a lead capture form on your website? What happens when they fill out your lead capture form? Do they receive a call scheduler? Do you have to go in and review that form that they submit? What's the process around that? Um, and then following up with leads, do you have a process for recording leads that you are talking to or even leads for referral partners or strategic partners? And then how often are you following up with them? What's the process around that? And then also setting up that discovery call or that sales call. How does that process work? How do they receive that call scheduler? How do they schedule the call? All of those details need to be kind of figured out. Um, and then streamlined so that it creates a really easy process that goes quickly and doesn't seem disjointed to the the prospect that you're talking to. Okay. So Um, a question that came to my mind really quick is I'm thinking back to like when I first started my, my photography business and I didn't even really know, like, I didn't, I mean, I had zero systems in place. It was like someone emails me and I figure it out from there. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's people that are listening to this thinking, okay, well, I, I'm not even to a point where I have a bunch of of people contacting me. Um, or, you know, I have a few that come in, but I'm trying to get more at what stage of your business should you kind of start setting up these systems? Should it be done like before you even have really like clients coming in? Should you wait until you kind of have a client, like a, a process idea? When should they start working on that? 
I always say it's never too early to start introducing systems into your business, even if you haven't even had one client. I think getting kind of a basis idea of how you would like the the workflow to um, to flow is really important. And then you can tweak as you go. So if you have a really, and it doesn't have to be complicated, it can honestly be as simple as a spreadsheet, a place to um, if you're first starting out, just create a spreadsheet of your leads and then put like the date they, they first contacted you, where you received the lead from, if you need to follow up with them on a specific date. So it's not something where it has to be super elaborate, but I think just having that central place um, to build off of. And then once you get more comfortable with how you're um, flowing through those systems and you want to create a more elaborate or more automated system around that, you can do that. But I think just starting small, but definitely um, introducing those as soon as you possibly can. So you have a foundation to build off of. Yeah, I definitely, I like what you said about, you know, you can kind of tweak it as you go. Cause I think that a lot of times we get in this idea of this mindset of like, well, once I have it set, like I have to stick with that when like nothing is permanent. <laughs> this is your business. You get to decide how you do it. You know, I hear people talk all the time about like, well, I sh- I'm going to wait until January to make these changes or to do these. I'm like, why, why it's, it's September. You can do it now if you want to, like, there's no, nothing stopping you. And so I like the idea of just reminding people, like nothing is concrete. If you start getting a system in place and you actually have clients coming in, you realize this isn't working, switch it up. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I have had so many iterations of pretty much every component of my business. So that's the beauty of owning your own business. You're never stuck. You're never, I mean, you're never forced to do something a specific way and you have to start somewhere. So tweaking it as you go is, I mean, starting from a small place and then growing as your business grows. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about the admin uh, systems. What is that? I mean, not admin, sorry, sales. We just talked about admin. Let's do the yep. sales system. What does that look like? So those are going to be your contract proposal if you do that and then invoice. So those are those pieces that you are sending to your client once you've had the discovery call. And if you either want to um, give, uh, present a proposal to them or they know that they want to work with you. So basically it's just solidifying the working relationship together. So these pieces are really looking at how are you going to get them the proposal? How are they going to sign the contract? What's included in your contract? And then invoicing. Do you do they pay up front? Um, is there like a 50% down payment? And then they pay the balance at the end. So making those decisions and figuring out how to um, send all those pieces to the client. And then also scheduling. So like if you have a kickoff call that you schedule with your clients and that typically takes place within like a week of signing with them, getting a process in place for that as far as sending the scheduler, or if you're working with a client on a retainer basis and you have recurring appointments with them, getting those on the books so that um, both parties know when you're going to be meeting and how that's going to be taking place. Yeah. I love that because I think that's um, it's so important to have you, like you said, kind of getting the client preparate, like helping them to understand what to expect, because mm-hmm. I know I've, I've gone through people where I've been like, okay, we get on the call. Everything's good. I'm going to sign up for their program or whatever, or their coaching system or their class. And then I get the invoice and then it's crickets. And like, there's no communication. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, 
here's what you can expect. Here's what the next step is. Or like I'll email and be like, hey, we're supposed to have a, you know, set an intro or welcome chat. How do I set that up? They're like, oh, you're supposed to just email us and let us know. Well, no one told me that. So I think you, it's important to put yourself in the position of your client and ask yourself as a client, what should this look like? Because I think a lot of times we forget as the business owner that we know all these things. We know how this works. We know the ins and outs of our own business. And we forget to step outside of that and look at it from a client and go, okay, if I were a client getting this proposal, how would I feel? Or if I were a client and my next step was to schedule a call, what would I want to, what details do I need to have? What can I, how can I make it as easy as possible for this person? Um, and I love that, like, as you're talking about these, they don't feel overwhelming. I don't think they feel overwhelming because they're all things that, you know, most people who are starting a business already know they, they need to have, they need to have contracts, they need to have an invoicing. We need, if, you, if you're doing calls, you need to have a scheduler. Um, so it's just a matter of like really getting into it and figuring out how that's supposed to look and like the, the order and the process you want it to go through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just like the order that everything um, works in. And I love what you said about putting yourself in the client's shoes. I feel like it's kind of a rule of thumb for me to over-communicate. Even if I feel like I've already told them this on the call, this is what's going to happen. I love to also add that in writing to the, the follow-up email that I send out so that they're never left wondering what are the next steps. You want to always put it in black and white, let them know so they feel supported and like they know exactly what's happening and they feel like they feel comfortable in the investment they have made with you. It's super important. Yeah. And this probably falls more into like the the client experience piece, but like I, with my photography sessions, I shoot a lot of boudoir sessions. So it's a very Mm -hmm. intimidating thing for women to come Mm -hmm. into. Um, and so I do, I, I am big about over communicating, you know, I send them multiple emails leading up to their session telling them like, Hey, don't forget to drink lots of water. Don't forget to get plenty of rest. So you don't look tired. Don't forget these little things. Um, you know, the day before I'm like, don't forget to pack X, Y, and Z in your little bag or whatever. And I've had so many clients and there's been times I'm like, am I, am I like annoying them with too much stuff? Are they just like, oh my God, stop. But I've had so many clients will say like, no, that helped me feel so much more confident and comfortable walking into this because otherwise, and I, and I've even had clients that have come in. So like I booked with somebody else in the past and I canceled my session because there was no communication. So I think that is I mean, I wrote down over communicate in my notes for today. Cause I'm like, that I think is like the overarching mm-hmm. theme in business is the more you communicate with your audience and the easier you make that for yourself so that you don't feel like you're constantly living inside of your inbox or inside of your, you know, client management system, the easier you can simplify that for yourself, the better your business is going to be. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Love it. Okay. So let's talk about team. Cause I think that's one that like the admin, the sales, the team part, I'm like, okay, how does, what does that look like? So once you're ready to hire a team or bring on a team to kind of help you in either in the back end of your business or to essentially duplicate yourself. So if you're bringing on a team member to help you be able to bring on more clients, you need to have those team systems in place. So I see a lot of business owners They're like, oh, I feel overwhelmed in my business. I need to bring on a VA. And then they hire their VA. And then the starting date comes and they're like, oh, what do I do with this person now? Like, And then it becomes a, a lot of times a situation where bringing on a VA creates even more work because 
they're trying to figure out, okay, how do I download what's in my brain and give that to you? So creating some team systems before you hire is huge if you're planning on hiring a team. So those include team onboarding. So the onboarding process, and a lot of times this gets skipped, uh, but it's very important to help your new team member to feel supported when they come into your business, not like they're coming, coming in and like, what am I supposed to do now? Like they're floundering and they're not getting communication as far as what the expectations are. So to have an onboarding process of like, if you need to um, share passwords or logins, um, sending them an intro video uh, just to let them know why you selected them and what their next steps are, what they need to provide to you. If there's, I like to, for my clients' businesses, I like to add in a little like favorite things questionnaire that I send to new team members so that they can tell us a little bit more about them as a person, like what they like to do or what their favorite things are for gifting opportunities. So if you want to show appreciation for team members, then you'll have that in your back pocket and you won't have to, when their birthday comes up, be like, so what do you, what do you like? <laughs> or just send them a Starbucks gift card. Although that's never, I don't think anybody's ever turned that down, but just to be a little more personalized. Um, and then also internal communication. So this is really deciding how internal communication is going to happen. I like to stay out of email as much as possible. So I always recommend an internal communication um, platform like Slack. So that's how I communicate with my team. And then um, so for Slack, and then I also, and that's for just like general communication and then communicating regarding specific tasks or project happens inside of a project management tool. And that's really it. And then there's also tools like Voxer, which are really good for quick little audio messages and things like that. So just deciding how you're going to communicate and communicating that to your new team member is really huge. Um, yeah, and then I, also, I, sorry. No, 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 you sorry. You, you go ahead, you go ahead. <laughs> um, I was just going to say um, internal meeting guidelines. So the other thing is like having an agenda for meetings. I feel like a lot of people go into meetings, dreading them or feeling like they're a waste of time. And if you have an agenda set and specific, um, a specific goals for each meeting and kind of setting that expectation and communicating that it's so much more efficient than just kind of going into a meeting blindly and being like, okay, what are we here to discuss? Like all those memes you see where it's like, this could have been an email. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be that boss. Well, no. so I think about like with the teams part of it, you know, the outsourcing, I know for me, like when I first out started outsourcing things, it, it didn't feel like I was creating a team. I had a very different mindset around. I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm hiring this person to help me with X, Y, or Z, or I'm, I'm outsourcing my editing for my photos to this person. But when you start to shift that mindset to, no, I'm bringing this person on as a team member. Now, granted, they may have other teams that they're on. They may be doing other things, but they are a part of my team. Mm -hmm. And I think I listened to an Amy Porterfield, I believe it was her podcast. This has been like a couple of years ago. And she talked about how anytime she hired somebody, she sent them like a little welcome packet. And it was like her, one of her favorite um, business books and like a little like handwritten note. And I think she sent a couple other little things in there that kind of was like, welcome to team Porterfield, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I loved that because I was like, yeah, these, even though you're hiring maybe a VA or maybe you're hiring like in my case, like a podcasting management people, they are now part of your team. 
And so I love that you're talking about like all these, these things about like having, you know, agendas for team meetings and having processes in place so that when you do have these conversations or when you send them information, it's not like you're just sending it off and they're in control. You're in control. It's your, it's your business. You've brought them into it. So make them feel like they're part of the team. And the other thing I thought of, I heard this in a, um, a clubhouse room I was in the other day and they were talking about hiring a VA and like how to start that process. And this lady gave a really great tip. So I've used Loom. I don't know if you've ever used like the video recording program. Oh, yeah. It's okay. I figured you probably had. <laughs> so she said, before you're even ready to hire a VA or anybody in your business, she said, start recording just mm-hmm. yourself talking like to yourself on when you, how you do things. So like, if you log into Dubsado and you're like, okay, record the process. This is how I you know, bring on a new client. This is how I create an invoice. This is and like, just start saving those so that when you're ready to hire somebody, you don't have to go and create them. They're already done. And it just, it's less pressure on you because you're not really recording them for anybody in the moment. You're just recording them for yourself. Um, I thought that was a really kind of a cool idea to not wait until you're trying to do it to, to send off to somebody, just do them as you do these processes in your business already. Yes, that is huge. And that is, Actually, another point I wanted to touch on is um, in order to hand off the tasks that you either want to delegate or duplicate yourself, it is important to either record those. And I love Loom for doing that and then hand that to them or create a written note SOP or both. Um, I really am a fan of written SOPs just for the fact that they're easy to. So say you want to go into a process and you're like, oh, I forgot this one little detail. So instead of searching through the video and trying to find that spot in the video, you can just pinpoint it easily be like, oh, okay, that's the, that's the part that I was missing. And there are a lot easier to update. So if there's just like, say one of your platforms changes or one of your business tools changes and you need to make an adjustment to the process, instead of re-recording the whole video, you can go into the loom and make that adjustment. But I do definitely recommend at the very least to get those videos recorded so that you can have something to hand off to your VA. And a lot of virtual assistants will even create an SOP for you. So if you create that video, you can give that to them and have them create that written workflow around it. So that is a really good point. And I also really liked the part that you said um, doing the mindset shift around um, when you brought on team members thinking instead of, oh, these are just contractors that help me with this, this, and this. Well, no, that's kind of like a mindset shift to like, I'm the CEO of the business and that these people are part of the success of my company. So I want them to feel supported. I want them to feel welcome and um, creating that situation where they feel welcome and supported is going to increase your retention as well. So you're not having to search for new team members all the time. Yeah. And that helps too with, because I know I struggled when I first started hiring people was I was like, okay, well, I don't want to tell them what to do because that's their job, but no, it's my business. It's my company. I need to be in control of it. So I I need to feel comfortable saying like, Hey, I don't really think this is working this way. Let's change it. And mm-hmm. at first it, it took me a while to get there. Cause I was like, okay, but I've hired them. It's their Like they have their own thing going on. Like, I don't want to step on their toes. But like, when you think about these big CEOs, these companies, they don't worry about that. They've hired somebody. They're going to be like, no, you're, you're here to do a job for me. So 
to anyone that's thinking about hiring somebody, like just make sure you go into it with the idea of you are hiring them to, like you said, to help you grow your business. You need to feel comfortable having those conversations with them around the vision for your business and the place where you want it to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to four and five. So we got client experience systems and then the project management system. Yes. So client experience, those pieces, um, the, the big pieces are going to be your client onboarding and client offboarding. So I think a lot of times there is emphasis put on client onboarding. How are you going to create a really smooth uh, process for bringing your client into your business and beginning work with them? Um, so that can be like sending them a welcome packet that introduces you, sending them a welcome video that's personalized. I really like Loom for that. And then kind of giving them a lay of the land, like this is how I work. This is what you can expect. Just making those expectations extremely clear, everything, having everything in writing so they can refer back to it. And then, like we said before, kind of letting them know next steps and bringing them on board to begin working with them. And then that offboarding piece, a lot of times that can be a little bit overlooked, I feel like, um, because we're so excited to bring on new clients in our business. We, we want to focus on that. But then also you want to create a really great offboarding experience for that person because, A, you never know when they might come back and want to work with you again. Or that the big piece of having that great um, kind of see you later process to them. Um, really leaves them with that great feeling of like, I want to share this person. And if they have a great experience with you, they're going to shout your praises. And who doesn't want to share an experience where they feel like the red carpet was rolled out for them? Who doesn't want to share that with their audience or their communities? So you definitely want to leave them feeling like from A to Z, they were your top priority for the entire time, especially as you're wrapping up. Um, and then the other piece is testimonial or feedback gathering. So I've found that a lot of times this kind of falls by the wayside as well. So building in kind of a, um, and this is a great place to put a little bit of automation. So like, for instance, in my business, I build in a workflow um, for testimonial gathering. So I'll send them the testimonial request form, and then um, I will ping them a couple days later if they haven't responded. And then once we receive that feedback, it all goes into a database. So we just have a spreadsheet where we keep the feedback, a folder where their headshot is kept so that anytime I want to um, add a testimonial into my social media or website or anything like that, I can go in and quickly find that in my Google Drive and I don't have to hunt and peck for it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Oh, that's so smart. I look the offboarding piece and the feedback. I mean, I, I agree that is so overlooked. And I think that it's, like you said, it's so important for getting those referrals mm-hmm. and having people, because you think about, I always try to put myself in the client perspective and I try to like think back to like experiences I've had as a client for somebody else. 
And there's so many times, I mean, so many companies that, yeah, they put so much energy into getting you into the seat, quote unquote. And then once you're done, they're kind of like, all right, see ya, you know, and you're just kind of left staying there going, oh, is is that it? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I guess I thought we had a thing going here, but I guess not. We're just gonna walk away now. But so, yes, I think that's so key to making sure that you send them off just as much grandeur as you brought them in with. And then the feedback, oh my gosh, like, I can't tell you, like, if I could go back and do something different in my business, there's like a handful of things I would say, most of these things start sooner. Like I would start an email list sooner. I would have started to do that. And like, I think starting to ask for feedback and ask for reviews so much sooner, because I think of all of the clients I've worked with that I have missed out on that information from, because I didn't ask and they're not, I mean, you think about when you go have a great experience somewhere, your first thought isn't, Oh, let me go leave a great review for them. That's why a lot of times when you go to like Yelp reviews, they're not always the good ones because people don't think about it when they had a good experience. They think about it when they are unhappy, but asking for those and not being afraid to follow up and say, Hey, just a reminder, if you haven't already give us your feedback, like we'd love to hear your thoughts. I think some people too are scared to ask for feedback because they, you know, they think, Oh, well, what if they say something I don't want to hear? But I don't think that that's necessarily something to be afraid of. I think we learn and we grow from all of that, but it, you know, I can see how it's a little bit intimidating to do that as well. Yeah. I mean, when I first started my business, I was intimidated to ask for that feedback. Cause like you said, it's like, what if it's not great feedback, but to that point, it's like, you know, even if it's not great feedback, that's good feedback regardless, because you know how to improve your process. And that's huge. You know how to improve or fix weak spots. Um, but also I feel like a lot of people feel like they're asking their client for a favor and they don't want to put them out or, um, make them do something that they don't want to do. But I feel like if somebody has a really good experience with you and they trust you, they are usually more than willing to give you those kind words. And a lot of times sending that little nudge or reminder is it's welcome because business owners and people that you're working with are so busy that sometimes we need that reminder, myself included. So it's like, anytime somebody nudges me, I'm like, Oh, thank you. So I feel like it's important to mention not to shy away from following up on the initial request. Yeah. When I like to, what you said, when I kind of go back to this, where you said that you, so for your systems, you do your feedback and obviously it's going to be different depending on the business that you have, but you keep like a folder with their headshots and um, their, their feedback or their testimonial thing in there. So when you're saving those things or, or I guess, how do you ask for those? Because it's one thing to say like, Hey, will you, you know, fill out this little form or go to Google and leave me a review or wherever you're asking people to leave you reviews. But where are you asking for them to do like that piece where they send you like, cause that helpful, the headshot's helpful. Cause when you go onto a website somewhere and they've got testimonials and there's that little headshot, but I'm like, Oh, that's a real person. Okay. This is Mm -hmm. not, you know, so how are you doing that? I actually do that through Dubsado. So I just send them a questionnaire form and then there's a little upload section that you can add so they can upload their photo right through the form so that I have that. Or I I put a little caveat on the form. I say, if you don't want to upload a headshot, I'll pull one from your website. So that's typically, and I, most clients will provide me with a headshot, but if not, I just save it from their website. Gotcha. Okay. And you haven't had any problem with people being okay with like their photo being out. So I mean, obviously 
depending on who you're working with, if you're working with like, you know, families or things like that, it may be a little different, but if you're working like business to business, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. And I do also provide, um, in the form where I'm asking for their testimonial, I have them acknowledge that I'm going to be, um, I have them agree to basically, uh, putting up their headshot, their testimonial on any promotional materials. So they are fully aware where it's going to be and that it could be really anywhere in my promotional materials and they sign off on that. Nice. Okay. Perfect. All right. So let's move on to the last one, the project management systems. Explain to us what that looks like. So project management, uh, a project management tool is kind of central to everything I do in my business and most of my clients' businesses, especially if you're going to be working with a team of maybe not now, but eventually. So that's where pretty much my entire business lives. So my project management tool of choice is ClickUp, but I know Asana is big, Trello is big. So whichever project management tool works best with your brain or whichever tool that you like that the aesthetics of, um, go with that. But I feel like it's huge to have some sort of central location for all of the information in your business. So for instance, I have like a business hub or a CEO hub where I put all of my branding information, my headshots, my um, links to like call schedulers so I can quickly and easily grab them or links to databases. So like that previously mentioned testimonial database that's linked in my project management tool. And it's also a central location where my team and I can communicate about projects and tasks. So I go in and I, I can um, create and assign one-time tasks or recurring tasks. So I can set up a recurring task for myself. Um, For instance, like I have a monthly money date with myself where I go in and I update my QuickBooks and I pay myself and I do my profit first transfers and all of that. So that's just a recurring task in my project management tool. And then I'll link up any, um, if I have like a database I need to update or any anything I need to update, I'll link that right within the tasks. So I'm not searching for that. I can find it right there, find all the details that I need and then complete that task and then mark it off. So that's huge in um, kind of just running all of the different tasks that have to take place in my business. Yeah. I, those project management tools. So I use ClickUp and I use Asana just depending on who Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, what I'm working on, but Mm -hmm. Asana has been huge. I mean, that's where like for this podcast, I mean, I organize all of my podcast info. I know like when you came in, you had like a little questionnaire I had you fill out. All that info goes into your Asana um, task with your photo. And when your episode goes live, I put links and all the graphics are there. So anytime I need something, it's right there. And it's all organized, you know, in chronological order. I mean, it's just, it's so helpful. Whereas opposed to just random folders on my desktop, you know, when I first started, I was like, okay, I need my logo. Where's my logo stored? Go search for logo on my computer. Where are those recent headshots I took? So yeah, having all of that in one place, not only is, like you said, good for your teams, but man, having everything where you can just go, oh, it's in the sun and it's on your phone and an app. If you need to like go grab something really quick, it's all right there. That is something that seems so insignificant when you're putting it together and you're like, oh, do I really need to take the time to go put all this in one place? But when you need that stuff and having it right there, it's you're like, okay, yes, that was definitely worth the time it took to set that up. I, yeah, I think a project management tool and really all systems, it's, it's doing something like setting up those processes is doing something your future self is going to thank you for. Yeah. Um, so, and pretty much 
all of the systems that I have spoke about thus far, kind of at least a portion of those systems lives in my project management tool. So it's kind of like my central hub for everything in my business. So I couldn't, I couldn't do my business without, I couldn't run my business without it. Um, yeah, it's, it's my favorite. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like we've got so much, I'm on page two of my notes I was taking while we were talking. So (laughs) there's so much value here. So thank you so much for sharing all of this information, all of these systems that you've gone over today. There's given, I think a lot of people things to think about and work on. I will say like, if anyone's listening to this and you're thinking, okay, this is a lot, (laughs) you know, just maybe take it one piece at a time. What would you say is maybe a good starting point? So if somebody's coming in this with no systems in place, they're listening to all this like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this. And then I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Where's like a, a place to start, like a jumping off point. I would say the best starting place is to get your, um, kind of like your little business hub set up in your project management tools. So really just to put all of the pertinent business details that you reference time and time again. So, um, and really just starting there and then kind of, as you notice tasks you're completing over and over or one-time tasks that you need to remember. And you're like, oh, I'm going to write myself a sticky note. No, I'm going to put that into my project management tool instead of that sticky note. So that's where I would suggest starting. Okay. Awesome. I love that. And you've given lots of examples. You said ClickUp, Asana, Trello. I know Airtable is another one I think some people are using. I mean, there's just... Mm-hmm. There's a ton you can choose from. So many options. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. It is about like, cause I've used Trello. I've used Asana. I've used ClickUp. And it's all about what like Asana aesthetically works for me. Work like the way my brain works. It seems to match that. Whereas mm-hmm. other people swear by a Trello and some people swear by other things. So you just have to find the one that works for you. Um, well, thank you so much, Jen, for all of your time, for your valuable information. This has been like packed full. If anyone's listening and was not able to take notes, come back and listen when you can jot down notes. Cause I know I was jotting down a ton. Um, so tell people where they can find you. I know you have a little freebie for people to go download. So share all that with us. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a, for all of the ClickUp users, or if you want to check ClickUp out, I have a ClickUp client onboarding template. And you can find that at thehughesmethod.com slash girl means business. And then my website is thehughesmethod.com and Hughes is spelled H-U-G-H-E-S method M-E-T-H-O-D. And then you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the Hughes method. Perfect. And I will have all that linked down below. So it's just quick and easy to find. Well, thank you again so much for being here and for chatting with us today. Um, I'm so excited. I'm, I've got already ideas in place for other systems I want to go back and tweak and work on. So you've inspired me. So I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, have a great day and we'll chat again soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Another huge thank you to Jen for all of that just business gold that she just served us. It was amazing. Okay, so if you are listening to this episode and feeling a little overwhelmed because that was a lot of information, a lot of things that you might need to be putting in place in your business, 
I want you to just take a moment and take a breath. I know it feels like a lot. These are not things that have to be implemented in one day or one sitting. It takes time. So start small. Start with one system you can put into place in your business today to start feeling like you are moving forward. And then you can add on another thing and another thing and another thing. And before you know it, you have this beautifully run business on the back end that is organized and systemized and runs smoothly. Now, one thing I will mention that has helped me with this in my business is HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a project management system that I absolutely love. If you've spent any time listening to this podcast, I know you know all about HoneyBook because I've talked about it multiple times, but it really is that great. And I use it for my photography business as well as the Girl Means Business brand. I can have both businesses linked to the same HoneyBook account, so I don't have to have two separate accounts or pay for two separate accounts. And it allows me to have a lot of these systems that we talked about in this episode put into place in one system. So it allows me to collaborate with my team. It allows me to um, have a great client experience, both pre and post working with me. Um, It allows me to have project management. I can keep everything in one place. I can send invoices and questionnaires and brochures and guides, and I can have all of these things in one place. So I'm not digging through old emails and all kinds of things, trying to find the items I've already sent or that I need to send to my clients. It makes running a business so smooth. So if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, okay, I'm ready to get some systems in place. I need to get the back end of my business organized. I highly recommend that you head to that link in the show notes and give HoneyBook a try. They have a free 14-day trial experience. You can also save 50% off your first year when you use the link in the show notes. And here's the thing, guys. I've been using HoneyBook for several years. I'm part of their educator team. I have had trainings on how to use this program. So if you start the trial and you want help getting your HoneyBook account set up or you have questions about how to set it up the most effectively, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Send me an email at girlmeansbusinesspod at gmail.com. Use the contact form on the website. Send me a DM on Instagram, however you want to reach out. But I am always more than happy to help you go through the process of getting your HoneyBook kind of set up or answering questions about using that program. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to sign up for the Grow and Profit Online Summit taking place April 19th through the 21st. That link is down below for you to sign up. It is a completely free event. And I know you're going to get a lot of value from it. So I hope to see you there. All right, guys, have a wonderful week. I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place.